the show. My name is Angelique Velez. I am the CEO and founder of Breakups to Makeup and you are listening to the Hey Glow Friend podcast. If this episode is of any value to you, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. That is the only way I'm going to be able to spread the word about the podcast. So thank you so much in advance. All right, you guys. So I have a treat for you today. I have my very dear friend, Angela Sule Kaiser on with me. If you've been following me on social media, then you already know who she is. She's a very dear friend of mine. And around a year ago, we were doing lives on Facebook on a weekly basis where we were actually having live coaching calls, um, my own coaching calls with her, <laughs> which were a lot of fun. Um, there was an episode or two where I definitely cried, um, but it was really, really great. And if you've been following me for a while, then you know that um, the whole coaching, personal development um, aspect of the industry is newer to me. And it's something that's literally been changing the way that I approach my business. Um, And I'm really trying to get it out there to show others how much it can help them as well. So I hope this episode kind of helps you. I I did want to bring her on and she did volunteer as well because she is pivoting within her focus. And I won't get into too much detail as she goes into it in the interview, but I couldn't be more proud of her her I she's diving into topics that are so difficult to talk about if you are a mom out there of a biracial daughter definitely reach out to her Um, I feel as though there are a lot of topics that she's going to be focusing on that are going to help so many and I wish I had someone like that when I was growing up as a teenager of color. So I hope this helps someone out there. Definitely reach out to her if it does. I will put all of her links in the show notes. And I would love to hear what you think as well. So please head on over to the Hey Glow Friend Facebook Facebook group and let me know. This one was a more difficult conversation. I'm not going to lie. But once again, I feel as though the topics that she is talking about are very necessary. And I couldn't be more prouder, proud. I couldn't be more proud of her. All right, glow friend, enjoy, talk soon, and thanks for listening. Hey, glow friends, I am here with one of my dear, dear friends, Angela. If you guys have been following me for a while, then you already know all about her. Uh, We used to do lives on a weekly basis, so you can still catch those on Facebook and on the Breakups to Makeup Instagram page. Um, But today, I'm so excited to have her here. She's going to talk about um, her business, what she's been focusing on, and all the good stuff. So Angela, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, Okay, so if you can just, for those that don't know who you are, if you could just kind of give a little bit of of an intro. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Angela Sulai, and I'm an energy healer and intuitive coach, also a makeup artist. That's how I know Angelique. Um, But my focus is a lot on my um, energy work and coaching right now. And um, what I do in my work is I work with women and I actually um, 
started to focus more on women of color, mixed race and biracial women, um, because that's who I am. And um, it comes with a, a different set of struggle um, and difficulties navigating through life. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm focusing on more. And um, what I work with women, like put it like really small or in a short, like in, a, in one sentence is helping them um, connect more to themselves and, and um, heal wounds, old wounds, um, and then empower them so they can go after their goal and live a happier and healthier life. I love that. And we can go more into t- details in our conversation. Yay. Sounds good. There's, I do have a question for you because I feel yes. like this is something. So in regards to like the whole coaching field and that mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. I feel as though women of color, a lot of us, it's, it's a newer thing to us. If not, a lot of us don't even know about it. Do mm-hmm. you mind just addressing that just for a second? Because I feel like even for myself, this is like a newer thing for me and a newer thing I've been focusing on. I, I say that often on the Glowfriend podcast. So I would just like to hear your aspect on that. Um, and that's exactly the reason why I felt like I need to focus more on biracial and women of color, because that's missing. And that's, uh, it was my own experience. Like for those that don't know, I suffered from depression for 20 years uh, when I was younger. And during that time, I, I was living in Switzerland back then, which is a very white country. Um And I went to therapy, but obviously these were white therapists and nothing against white therapists, but they did not understand where I was coming from. And I didn't feel seen, heard, understood, and especially not safe. And that feeling not safe is a big, big, big topic. And and I still experience that to this day where often I don't feel safe. It just comes with the color of my skin. So I felt like it is so needed that we have somewhere we can go to where the other person looks like me mm-hmm. and understands where I'm coming from. And I don't have to explain what racism feels like, how it affects area, every area of my life and be dismissed. Right. So that's, that's the main reason why I'm now focusing more on, um, on biracial or mixed race and women of color. Does that answer the question yes. going on? <laughs> no, absolutely. Because it's something that I definitely talk about with my friends as well. Mm. Well, you. I'm like, mm-hmm. my friends, it's you that I talk about. <laughs> um, because like, it, I'm almost embarrassed half of the time that this is new to me. And I just literally um, had another um, podcast in regards to this. And I feel as though a lot of business owners that are in like that million dollar range, that the, that's their revenue, a lot of what they say is that, you know, the three things that you should really be focusing on, like getting a good accountant, getting a good lawyer, and then getting a good coach or, or, and, or therapist, like within Mm -hmm. that realm. And a lot of them say coaches, Mm -hmm. but it's yeah, because every successful person has a coach. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's new to me. Like I Mm -hmm. never knew that before. And I know I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. Um, And this whole field is just new to me. And I feel as though a, a point that I want to make too with this is to get it out there more to show Mm -hmm. people what this is because it does help. So Mm -hmm. I'm so happy that you're here to to talk. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 
Yeah, I think it is important in general to to have a coach. In my opinion, everyone should have a coach. Um, And um, because it can really change your life. It changed my life Um, because the way we grew up, like how our society um, works, we never learned things like loving ourselves and um, looking after our well-being and um, also spiritual aspects and how our body, our physical body is connected with our mental and emotional body. We didn't learn all these things. So having um, support from a healer, coach or therapist um, can really turn things around. Just for me, like in a really short version, as I mentioned, I suffered from depression, which led to a lot of health issues. The depression came from my upbringing, which a big part was racism. Besides not having a father, an emotional unavailable mother, domestic violence at home and other things, but that led to depression, that led to um, physical issues. And I could not get myself out of it. And started starting working with the coach and healers um, turned my life around completely. Because um, it affected every area of my life. It affected my work. It affected relationships, friendships, money, everything. And I, I was really able to turn my, my life around, around. And I'm like he- healthier than ever. I'm healthier than I w- when I was 25. Yeah. I'm 45 now. Um, and I'm happier. So, um, and, and I also have coaches that help me with my business. Right. Right. Uh, I love that. I love, I love that you're saying that. And I've noticed the change mm-hmm. within you, like being a friend of yours. I, mm-hmm. I noticed. Yeah. You've I seen that. You've seen the transformation. So it's been incredible. Mm. All right. So let's dive in, Ange. Where do you want to okay. take this? I'm game. Um, I think, um, especially after what just happened this weekend, which um, still makes me super emotional, yeah. um, that Kamala Harris was um, elected as vice president, yeah. um, got me super emotional, and it still does, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, especially for women like me, and I think you can relate, mm-hmm. see a woman that looks like us become vice president. Um, it's just like out of this world. Growing up in a, in a white country, in a white family, facing racism every day, um, struggling all my life. Um, I was conditioned to not stand out, but never had a chance to fit in. To see this happening is is huge and um and it's so needed yes i agree Um, and um there's like and it's also a topic that is not talked about the experience of biracial um people Mm -hmm. because yeah we never fit in like we don't have the white community that we fit in and we don't have the black community that we fit in. Like me personally, I often can fit in into the black community, but not always. And I don't always feel safe because I'm not white and I'm not black enough. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people like us. Yeah, I agree. And, and it, it creates um, like pr- 
problems, like identity problems. Like I, I've talked to so many people and, and they're like in their 30s, 40s, and they're like, I don't know, I don't even know who I am. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I don't even know what I want. Yeah. And I think you you can probably speak to that too, because biracial doesn't only mean white and black. Right. There's like millions of mixes. Right. So I can I can jump in really fast. So for myself, I'm Puerto Rican and I'm Cuban. Um, but where I grew up was in a predominantly Caucasian community. Um, where I stood out, I feel like I stood out like a source, I'm just personally, um, and I fit in with everyone, but I fit in with no one, Mm -hmm. and and I hope that makes sense, and I'm not, if any of my high school friends are listening, I I hope I'm not offending you, I love y'all, but I feel like I had friends from all, from everywhere, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I felt like no one truly understood who I was, and so I felt Mm -hmm. like I never fit in, and then when I got to college, of course, I was able to tap into more of my Latin roots a little bit, because Mm -hmm. I went to the University of Miami, I was in the melting pot of Miami, but even there, I didn't speak Spanish, Mm -hmm. so I still felt as though I didn't even fit in with my own people sometimes, because Mm -hmm of the language and that they would make fun of me because I didn't speak Spanish. So I wasn't Puerto Rican enough or I wasn't Cuban mm-hmm. enough. And definitely mm-hmm. with the Cubans, I felt like I didn't fit in at all. Um, but yes, I've struggled with this my entire life. So I yes. 100% understand where you're coming from. And then to see Camilla over the weekend, I was hysterical. And mm-hmm. I'm saying her name, I, I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah, Camilla, I learned it. Like I, I looked it up. I was like, <laughs> Harris, Madame Vice President. Um, I Kamala, was, Kamala. I was, hysterical. I, I'm still practicing though. <laughs> okay. I know we're not the only ones. Um, I was hysterical crying and I was with my son and he's like, mommy, is everything okay? I was like, I'm happy, puppy. I'm so happy. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he just kept rubbing my back. <laughs> so cute. I was crazy. <laughs> But yeah, this was, I'm still, I understand where you're coming from because I'm still processing it. But yeah. to see someone that looks like us, mm-hmm. ugh, yeah, it's so emotional. So it is emotional. super emotional. I cried all weekend. Obviously, I'm still getting emotional. Yeah, um, yeah it is. It, and I think it's just really important that we talk about it and, and also get, um, get support for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm, I started focusing my work on that, like take my work, my healing work and, and my coaching to the people that look like us. Yeah. Because we need it. We need it. We really need it because, um, yeah, as you described, like we, we never fit in and, and each one of us has a different story. Like I, um, identify as black or biracial black. But then also I'm from Switzerland, so I'm not African-American, right? Like it's different again. And then Switzerland is not home, right? Like, like it's white. I don't fit in Mm -hmm. going to Africa. I don't fit in. I'm not black enough. Mm -hmm. Like there's nowhere I can fit in. Mm -hmm. And the thing is also, um, there's a lot of mixed babies out there. There's a whole generation of mixed babies coming after us. And I think it's our duty to heal our journeys so that they have a better future. 100% agree with that. Because there's a lot of them. 
And I don't want any, any of them experience what we experienced. Yeah. And it's a hard, it's a hard thing to talk about. It's so funny because I have my son, right? So I have Braylon mm-hmm. and he's, he's mixed. Like mm-hmm. so for you, for those of you that don't know, go friends, my, my son is, he's black, African-American, Puerto mm-hmm. Rican, Cuban, all that. So, yeah. and, but when I think about the young girls, specifically young women, mm-hmm. girls growing up, it hurts my heart. I don't know why with the boy, I don't think about it as much for them. I'm sure they go through it. I'm sure mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. do. But for the young girls, I re- my heart breaks because I remember how it felt. I remember being in school where people wanted to touch my hair because mm. my hair was different. And they're like, why is your hair different? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. And then they would just touch it. And I'm like, why are you touching my hair? It's, but you're so young. You don't even know. Like, you just don't feel like you fit in. Yeah. Yeah. And and you, and a lot of times as a kid, you become a fe- fetish. Uh, is that yeah. the word? Fetish? Yeah. Fetish. Uh, or I think that's the word. Is that the word? Like when pe- what are you trying to say? When people like kind of see you as an object, a fascinating object. Like a fad? Like I don't know. Something popular? Like a- yeah. yeah. I mean, like a lot of times people think, oh, mixed babies are so cute. Mm-hmm. What about when they're grown up? Yeah. It's like a fad. That's what I'm that's what I mean and then also like the touching the hair and it's funny that you bring that up because I am in a biracial um, group Mm -hmm. and a a woman just brought that up she was like how do I tell my friends to stop uh, touching my hair (laughs) I'm like just say it but there's like so much behind it because you feel like it's rude and they don't understand and but it's like touching a pregnant woman belly belly like you don't do that. I mean, people do, I know, but you don't do that. You don't just touch someone. And yes. the same goes with, with our hair. Mm-hmm. Yes, our hair is pretty. It is. <laughs> Doesn't mean you can touch it. Yeah, exactly. And it just makes you feel different. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I remember, to, I can remember exactly where it happened. Isn't that crazy? I, and you know my memory. Mm-hmm. Angela and I are very mm-hmm. close friends, you guys. So <laughs> my memory is crap. But I can tell you exactly where I was in middle school in this in the school stairway. We were going to the library, and that's when the girl did it. And I was like, mm-hmm. "What?" And I'm sure that wasn't the last time, but that was the mm-hmm. first time that. Yeah. Happened. And yeah. I will never. I never felt so out of place. Mm-hmm. I already felt out of place, and that just mm-hmm. made it like so. Is, is something wrong with me? Like why? Why? What do you mean my hair is different? Mm-hmm. I, so yeah, but I'm sure a lot, and it's just things like I never really talk about it. You're the, yeah. you're the one person that I talk about this stuff with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is because it's, um, I think, and that's what I experience. And still till this day, you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. You don't feel safe speaking up. You don't feel safe being seen and you don't, and you're, you're afraid that you're not going to be understood. So you just shut up. Right. And you just swallow it and then you swallow it over years, decades, and it's going to make you sick. And it also, it affects how, how you show up in the world, how you show up at work, how you show up in relationships, how you show up in friendships, everywhere, how you dress, it can affect everything. Mm -hmm. And, And that's why it's so important that we create spaces where we can feel safe. Um. Yeah, I think feeling safe is the biggest. And I think also a lot of Black uh, people can relate to that, mm-hmm. that you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. 
but don't feeling safe doesn't only mean like that it's a deaf life or death situation it's also just like speaking your opinion right because like for most of us if we ever did we were dismissed yeah because people didn't understand because they couldn't relate right like we were crazy or something yeah and that uh, and that and like results in us not feeling safe to speak up mm-hmm. and that can like over years can get really really bad I agree with that 100 percent um even I just actually this was it this morning no last night I posted something on my um on my personal Facebook account in regards to like the election and how I'm happy yes but I'm still I'm not elated at this point only because it, it with everything going on, it just shows the division within our country Mm -hmm. and how I feel as though it it just shows with racism, how (laughs) much it really Mm -hmm. is out there. Like Mm -hmm. this brought a lot of crap out into the open with the Mm -hmm. whole feeling safe thing. And Mm -hmm. I was scared to post that. I was scared to post on my personal page, Mm -hmm. my own opinion Mm -hmm. about me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like it can affect so many things and little things that you think, yeah, it's little, but it adds up. Right. Exactly. Um, I still feel it now. Even after working through all of this, like I still feel, not that I've worked through it by any means, but mm -hmm. I'm I mean, even me and I work with like, I work with clients helping them through that. And still, I still have layers of it. Yeah. I just had a situation last week where I was on a Zoom call and I was triggered. And then um, because English is not my first language and I, I got nervous um, and then couldn't express the, myself the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. And immediately things came up like I'm not being heard. I'm not being understood and I'm being attacked. So you shut down. And I shut down because it's also that is... Um, like uh saved in my in the cells of my body so my body reacts to it it's not even in my mind it's my body reacts to it because it's from the trauma of racism that I experienced as a child that are there still there's layers that I haven't healed yet I've done a lot of healing work but there's always more right and then sometimes that comes out Mm. and it's underestimated yeah And then again, if no one talks about it, people just go on with their life suffering and not even knowing that there's a possibility to work through that. Yeah. Or that there's another way of living. And what's the other way of living? Like having support that you can work through these layers so you can feel more empowered, more self safe within yourself. Also have a community and I think that just the most important is have someone that you that you can feel safe, that you can feel heard, seen, and understood. That's already a big part of the healing process, mm-hmm. and where you like can speak about your experiences. Like that's something that came up for me a lot um, now during the pandemic and with the um, the Black Lives Matters and the riots and everything. A lot of my childhood trauma came up and. Um, and I think a lot of Black people experience the same thing where we were re-traumatized because it's it's just never ending. But um, so it added just on top of it. And um, I started speaking about it, which also led to 
really raw conversations with other people. Um, some really hurtful conversation, but a lot of them were also very um, um, helpful and healing mm -hmm. and also hearing other people's experience. Um, and I kind of just lost track what I wanted to say with that. Oh, that gave me that gave me the opportunity to heal and also realize certain things I wasn't even aware that it's affecting my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like, for example, um, I had a conversation with my best friend in Switzerland when when um, after George Floyd and um, I was not in a good space and I talked to her and I, and I realized I feel very safe with her. She's like my chosen family. And still, when it came to racism, I never talked to her. Yeah. I never shared. Like she knew it was a very sensitive topic, but I never shared with her what I really experienced. Mm -hmm. First, it's also very hurtful, but also I knew she will never understand. Mm -hmm. She will have my back, but she will never understand. Yeah. And and I realized, oh my God, we've been friends for 15 years. Like I can tell her anything and she doesn't know anything about my experience of racism, which is a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also when it, like, I, it, I realized so much more, we need safe spaces where we're able to process what we experienced. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started having more conversations and also revealing things I didn't even know about myself, how it's affecting me. Mm -hmm. And I had I also had conversation with other black friends who I know very well, who struggle with the same thing with, with the identity, with not being white and not black enough and not fitting in. Um, but no one, talk, no one talks about it. So we're all swallowing it and just adding more to the trauma. Yeah. And it's time to heal that stuff. And it's deep stuff. Yeah. I agree 100%. Um, I would, I want to ask you, what would you say to like young girls who are going through this right now and they feel like they have no one to talk to? What can they do? Do you have any advice? Hmm, that's a good question. I know I hit you with a curveball only because I'm thinking like we're talking about, but we're adults at this point, right? Yeah. About like my high school me, like what would I have done? I don't even know. I actually had, um, and, and it's also like I've had lately a lot of conversations also with white women that have mixed kids. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically, I had a conversation with one woman who has a mixed daughter who's now a teenager, who's very aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And um, I offered her, if she ever needs someone to speak to that looks like her, I'm here. Right. And I think that's, especially as parents, because the kids itself, they don't really know what to do, or they can't, maybe can't really choose and decide what to do. But for right. their, so this message is more for their parents. Right. Find someone that looks like them that can support them mm -hmm. just to have someone they can talk to and it doesn't even have to be a therapist or a healer or a coach but it would have been it would have made 
a world of difference for the younger me. If I had someone that looked like me, I could go to and trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that is like the first step and the biggest step. And then once they get older, older, get them, get them help. Like again, a therapist or a healer or a coach or something. Mm -hmm. I know for me in my, in my instance, it's just a little bit different only because like, just to give you glow friends a little bit of background. So for me, my mom, my mom and I are very, very close. And my mom, I look just like my mom. Mm -hmm. So I, I could talk to her about anything. Mm-hmm. But where I grew up, my parents didn't grow up there. So mm-hmm. they moved from the city to the suburbs, basically. So where I grew up is not where they grew up. And mm-hmm. like I said, it was a, I grew up in a predominantly Caucasian environment. So like I said, I stuck out like a sore thumb. So for me, a lot of the Latinos where I was, either they were from another country and spoke Spanish here, mm-hmm. and I didn't fit in with that group. Or it was like, it was all different pockets. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I had a lot of black friends as well, but I didn't fully fit in with them either. And then it was just so many pockets. So I had my mom that I could talk to, but she couldn't really relate with what Me I was too. going through because she grew up in an environment in an environment where everyone looked like her. Yeah. Not everyone, but you know what I'm saying? And I think the conversation we are having right now is exactly what's needed. So there is not another Angelique that has to experience that. So that a younger version of you knows, oh, there's people out there that have the same experience. Right. Or have the same experience and can relate. That's why we need to speak up, even though it's difficult at times, we need to speak up so younger kids can find us. Yeah. And more people speak also to to motivate others like us Mm -hmm. to speak up and that we can start creating communities and groups and and just places for the younger generation that they then can go to. Right. I think that's, that's our job. Yeah. And it's funny. I know for me, it's always reminding myself that whatever I'm going through, I'm not alone. There are (laughs) other people. Cause I feel like, especially when you're younger, you think that you're just going through this by yourself. Yes. Other people that are going through the same thing you are, you have to just, you have to talk about it. If you don't Mm -hmm. talk about it, it bottles up and then you're just going to burst. Yeah. Um, And, and for the, for the, I wanted to say the viewers, listeners, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, it's the same thing. What Angelique and I did like, we were friends and only a couple years in, we started having these conversations and it was help for me, it was helpful. And I think it, I can speak for you too. It was helpful just yeah. to speak to someone else that can relate. Yeah. And both of us haven't spoken about this before. No. So we're grownups in our thirties and forties and finally are able to talk about it. Yeah. And we need to break that cycle that we people don't have to get into their 40s to feel safe to talk to someone and relate to someone. Yeah. And I, I have to just add on to that a little bit because for me, you are one of the few that I feel comfortable talking to about it because I have mm-hmm. friends from all over. My mm-hmm. best friend is is Caucasian. I do not feel comfortable talking to her about this stuff. And I still mm-hmm. don't. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie like I do and I'm not going to front. I'm very yeah. transparent on this podcast. Her and I are friends. We don't touch the race topic. We just don't. Yeah. I mean, we may sprinkle it a little bit here and there, but we don't get into it fully. I usually just don't go there. Yeah, because she won't understand it. 
I, and I and it's not her fault, but she won't understand. And I just don't even want to go there because mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember one time we were in DC, we were on a trip together. We've traveled a lot of places mm-hmm. together and we were in a store. We were younger, probably in our early twenties. And this woman in the store just kept following us around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, told her, I was like, Lynn, we got to go. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. So we left and she's like, what was that all about? And I was like, are you, what do you mean? What was that all about? Like, it was literally one of those moments. She's like, but what, 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 what just happened? I was like, yes. you didn't see that woman just following us around. She's she like, didn't. yeah, but why? No, uh, she did. Oh, she did. Yeah. But she didn't know why. Why? And I was mm. like, because she's racist. Like she was, mm. she thought I was about to take something. So we're not supporting that store and we're leaving. And of course mm-hmm. I got like snippy. Cause you know, of me. course yeah, I was like, I was like, let me calm down. I was like, mm-hmm. she was following us around because <laughs> <I was laughs> that she thought I was going to steal from her stupid store that I didn't want mm-hmm. anything from anyway yeah and Linda was like oh I don't even and honestly Ange like Linda if you're listening you know I love you but I don't even yeah I love you too Eleni I don't even know if she remembers that but I re- I'm sure as hell remember that yeah because for her it's not a daily battle right and she can't understand and and it, there's no judgment at all it's no. not her fault but I understand that's why you don't bring it up because you when you bring it up because the other person doesn't understand and can't relate, you feel dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it even worse. Like yeah. you already feel like shit. And now someone is telling you is basically not true what you're saying. Not that they're saying that, but they right. make you feel that yeah. way. I understand. So yeah, you are going back, mm-hmm. but you are mm-hmm. the one of few. And I have friends from all different spectrums, you guys, all different colors of the rainbow. But Angela truly is the one that I feel comfortable talking. I'm so sorry talking about this stuff mm-hmm. with. Um, so you have to find like that person for you and moms of daughters that are listening or sons that are listening. Mm-hmm. reach out to us if you feel as though you don't have that person that I feel like that's how you kind of start the conversation a little yes. bit reach yes. out yes. ask the question if yes. your daughter's battling with something and you just can't relate ask ask someone yes. that's the only way you're going to be able to help them absolutely and I learned that just this year like um I mean that's a whole other topic um <laughs> interracial relationships and I'm not going to go into details but I have my issues Mm -hmm. um, from my own pain and I know that and this year really taught me also to look at look at it from a different perspective and I started having conversation with white women that have mixed kids because for um, for the people that don't know me I have a very um, um, difficult relationship with my mother so there's a lot there so I was always avoiding white mothers with mixed kids um, because it was my pain that showed up but now I'm able to have conversations from a different standpoint and see um, a loving mother that wants the best for her daughter which I didn't experience so I had to turn it around but now I can support these mothers so these daughters don't have to go through the same shit I had to go through. And just and, for the audience, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Your mom, your mom is white, correct? Just, yes. Okay. Oh, I think I didn't even say that the whole podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> my dad is black. He's African. My mom is white, Swiss American. Okay. And I'm, I, and I grew up in Switzerland and now live in the U.S. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should clarify that. <laughs> and I'm brown skin and have curly hair. She's beautiful. Y'all. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Thank you. I just wanted to say because I'm like, you said that and it's like a trigger, but they don't under the, your mom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my mom's white. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And that's why I ha- had like a hard time around it and I had to turn it around because it was like, there's healing that can happen mm-hmm. and I can be there for, for the girls, the young version of me who didn't have the support. Yeah. Which if you can't see me now, I'm smiling from ear to ear because I'm so excited that Angela is focusing on this because I wish I had that when I was younger. I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't say it enough because it's affected me my entire life. And I didn't realize how much it's affected me because I always considered myself like the one that got along with everyone, Mm -hmm. like I said in the beginning, but in reality on the inside, I felt like I never fit in, even though Mm -hmm. on the outside, it looked like I got along with just everybody. Same, same for me. I get along with everyone. I'm just the shy one. People just thought I was the shy one, but on the inside, I was fucking terrified. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can curse, but it's okay. I um, have to add the E, the explicit version. Okay. No worries. No worries. I, on the inside, I was terrified every hour of the day to speak up, to show up, to walk down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it, it was just ingrained in my cells yeah. because as a kid, I was attacked. Right. I was not safe. So you just carry that through life. It's like you, you're programmed. You're not safe because of the color of your skin. Right. And again, like I said in the beginning, you're conditioned to not stand out, but also you never have a chance to fit in. Right. So you're struggling in that. Like, how, how do you do that? And that's another topic I'm definitely going to bring up also on, on uh, my social media, how um, I was hiding all my life and I even hid behind my career because mm. I was trying for in some way to still fit in, even though physically I was never able to fit in, but I was like, okay, at least have a decent career, mm. make good money. So you don't fall out of the system. And I see that with a lot of people doing the same thing with mixed people, um, black people, especially in, in wider communities or white countries, um, even people second, first or second generation from immigrants. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like you have to fit in even though you don't, but you have to have a decent job because especially for immigrants, it, there was the fear that they're, if they're not making money, that they have to go back. so there's so much in again in every area of our lives there's so much where um this shows and is hurtful for us and 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 very challenging there's so many layers Mm -hmm. there's so many layers yeah Mm -hmm. and I just I want to say thank you to you for for just I'm so proud of you first of all as your friends um thank you go on this journey and I can't wait to see what comes of it because I do think it's necessary. And like I said, the 16 year old Angelique wish she had you back then. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was, my journey was a little bit different than yours. I wasn't the shy one, as you mm-hmm. know, I'm mm-hmm. very social and I've mm-hmm. always been that way. I mean, I guess when I was younger, I was a little bit shyer, but nah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the inside, you were still struggling. Exactly, 100%. But I just wanted to, so that's what I'm saying with the layers. There's so many different aspects to it and so many, we're all so different, yeah. but yet have that commonality that yeah. we didn't even realize 
was there. So I yeah. thank you for bringing this down. Mm. I know a lot of moms are going to mm. thank you too. Um, mm-hmm. for this. And I can't wait to see, like I said, where you, where you take this. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and it's important. It's not easy. Even for me, it's not easy to talk about certain topics, but I know I have to, and I owe it to my younger self. Even right mm-hmm. now, I have like a knot talking. Mm-hmm. It, it's very difficult to yeah. talk about this yeah. ever. Even when I posted what I had to post last night in regards to like mm-hmm. the election. And I always get a knot whenever I have to talk about my race or my family's race. Mm-hmm. I just, it's very hard to talk mm-hmm. about. Very hard. Yeah. And for, and for me, it's like, if I do post, it's also like, am I going to... um like hurt people or offense um, of, yeah offend people um and also like I don't know what the correct way is Thank how you. how can I know I have a white mother I don't know my dad I didn't have a role model mm-hmm. so no one was able to understand me or teach me what is the right way or how is it like how can you talk about these top like yeah it's just like how do you do it correctly yeah I don't know and that's why I have to do it and that's exactly why I have to do it yeah to piggyback onto that Inge I do have amazing role models and I still don't know how to talk about it so then I just I don't I don't know Mm -hmm. I literally sent my mom the post Mm -hmm. before I posted and I was like mom what do you think she's like you say what you want if Okay. I was like, okay, okay, bye. And I was like, I don't know what's right and wrong. I don't know what I'm supposed to say and what I'm not supposed to say. All I know is that I have a young boy that I'm raising right now that looks up to me and he is biracial and we're in a country that needs to change. Like that's all yes. I know. <laughs> yes, yes. And it is, and that's exact, and it because we don't know is exactly the reason why we have to do it. Yes. That's okay. exactly the reason why we have to do it. And it also doesn't have to be correct. Right. Because right. it's about speaking our truth. Mm-hmm. And that's where the healing happens. Yeah. And if people get offended, they have work to do. Right. 100%. But if I cannot speak my truth, I'm going to stay in the same struggle for the rest of my life. And, it's, and that's why I just have to speak my truth. If I offend people, if I don't say things correctly, I have to speak it. It's my healing and it's the healing for everyone that comes to me and comes after me. Yeah. Oh. And that's what I, that's also the work I do with my clients, yeah. like empower them to get to that point where we can just be who we are and who we want to be and go after what we want, no matter what the outside world thinks. Yeah. That's beautiful, Ange, and I love it. Where can people find you? Just because I, I know there's probably a lot of people that want to connect with uh-huh. you. Yeah. So where, how, what do you have going on? Like, where can they find you? Um, the easiest is on Instagram. And my Instagram is Angela Sulai, S-U-L-A-I-K-E-S-E-R. K-A-E-S-E-R. If not, go to Angelique's Um <laughs> profile you I'll put it in the show notes you'll you'll find me somewhere um <laughs> and the website is angelasulai.com but I'm su- super active on Instagram not very active on Facebook anymore but basically Instagram that's where you find me 
He's all it, over my page, the breakups makeup page and my personal page. But yes, <laughs> I will put the information in the show notes for you. Um, and as far as clients, I'm assuming that you are taking on clients at the moment. Yes. Like how, okay. So yes, yes. And I work, and I work a little bit. Yeah, I work um, one-on-one with clients usually over a period of three months. Um, and if someone um, is interested and really struggling uh, or ha- just have questions, send me a message, send me an email, DM, whatever, smoke signals. Um, <laughs> Just reach out and we can get on a call and we can really have a conversation to see where you are, what you're, what you're struggling with, where, where you want to go. And if I'm the right person to help support you, because we have to be a much, you have to feel safe and comfortable with me and that I can guide you through it. So we'll have a conversation first to figure that out. And then we can um, uh, potentially work together. And if not, I have a huge pool of coaches and healers. Um, and I can all, always also refer someone else if it's not a fit. It's the it really has to be a fit, and it's not a marketing thing to say. It's very personal, very intimate work, so it has to be a fit. Yeah. Um, and that's why I have a um, like a very intense conversation with people first. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Angela, you're one. I trust you to the full extent. So if you guys are like leaning on it, just reach out to her and she will be honest. She will say, no, I am not right for you. Like, yes, <laughs> like, I've done that before. Like, yes. But I could refer you to X, Y, and Z or no, I don't I mean, look here, yeah. Angela yeah. very honest. I can tell yes. you that. So yes. Angela, I would love to hear just one thing that you would love to leave our viewers, our viewers, listen to me like we're on a live, our listeners, <laughs> our listeners with. Um, put you on the spot I know you don't like that I'm sorry <laughs> no that's okay um, and I I actually just made made a post too and I think it's so fitting with with the election it's um hold on Please I have to take your time I I put it on the spot y'all so just no it's okay. I'm not editing this out because this is real and raw how we always do so I I just did, I just posted this. I thought it was so fitting. It's like when you are born in a world you don't fit in, it's because you were born to help create a new one. I saw that one and I love it. Can you say it one more time, please? One more time. Um, When you are born in a world you don't fit in, it's because you were born to help create a new one. Mic drop. Love it. (laughs) <laughs> and, it's, and I can't wait to see the, the world that you're creating yeah we have to create a new one yeah I'm so excited mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on and this is this won't this is the first but it won't be the last time yes. I can tell you guys that you're gonna from <laughs> Angela I promise thank you so much again thank Angela. you we'll talk soon okay okay right. yeah bye, bye.